catching images of what they believe are ghosts on surveillance cameras. of the infamous Salem witch hangings. Many Hello and welcome to Six Sad World. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Mari. Uh, this week's episode is on cyber crimes. Ooh. Crimes of the internet. Um, we wanted to do something a little bit more fun today. Um, not something that's necessarily murder related, although mine is murder related. You always do that, you know? <laughs> You're like, you know, we're trying to like do like a light episode, trying to make it fun. I didn't say it was going to be light. Like light or like not as harsh, not as emotional. And they're like, this one has murder in it. That's almost always the case. I, well, I thought we should stay true to our like theme, but give us some room so it's not just, just horrible sadness and terrible. Right, right. For all course. eternity. <laughs> Um, I forgot how to do this. Who goes first? Well, uh, you just did the intro, so I guess that means that I go first? I think so. Is that how we do this? I don't know. It feels like it's been so long. I guess it is. Let's just say <laughs> it is. <laughs> that look you gave me. Yeah. Okay, Recording right. two at a time is beneficial in the sense that I don't have to worry about it for a whole month, but then it also makes it difficult in the sense that I have no idea how to do it once we get back together again. Yeah, it's really, uh, like, I, I, how do I even talk anymore? I don't even know. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to jump into it. Um, so as Mari said, we're doing a cyber crime today. And so what I am covering is the 2014 Sony hack. Um, I chose this cybercrime mainly because of how it affected my industry. Um, at my last full-time quote-unquote adult job, the security was extremely strict. Um, obviously there was the typical, you know, NDA agreement that you have to do in this kind of field of work, but, um, about the time I started working there, so that's about two years after the Sony hack, um, apparently things had changed drastically. Prior to the hack, there was Wi-Fi, internet access. People could have their cell phones at work. Um, it was less restricted. It was a like a, a better work environment. And then after the Sony hack, shit hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, it honestly made my working experience very, very miserable because of this. And the way this whole thing started is really, really silly. So... Uh, for those who don't know what the interview is, I'm pretty sure that Mari knows what the, inter- the interview is. I'm hoping you do. I don't know. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, so it's a movie helmed by our obviously our most favorite people in the entire world, James Franco and Seth Rogen. Uh. <laughs> oh, are you talking about um, the the like North Korea yes, movie? Yes. So this movie originally quotation marks came out in December of 2014, December 11th, um, but its official release wasn't until January 6th, 2015. And that's because of what I'm about to talk about. So the movie is essentially about Americans trying to formulate a way to assassinate the North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un. 
And for those who don't know much about North Korea, you do not make fun of North Korea, and you definitely do not make a fu- make make a fun make fun of Kim Jong Un or any of the family family. Period. Like North Korea takes these sort of things very seriously, and this movie was essentially a direct threat to North Korea. Um, and so I'm going to get a little bit more into this. So on November 24th, 2014, a hacker group, um, that called itself Guardians of the Peace, which we didn't know at the time when the hack initially happened, who it was, um, leaked a release of the confidential, confidential data of the film studio Sony Pictures. I do remember hearing about this, this but a, I don't know all a, the details, so I'm, I'm excited. This was a big deal back then. This is this affected the movie, not the movie, yeah, the movie industry in a big way, especially Sony, because Sony has has been struggling to sort of get back on its feet since then. The only movie that they, that has gained them any sort of profit and helped them to break out of that hacking or out of the devastation that the hacking did was last year's. Spider-Man. I was gonna say, like, is it Spider-Man? Because I know Spider-Man was a Sony picture. <laughs> yeah, so, obviously the Dark Tower did shit for them. The Emoji movie did shit for them. Like, they had so many movies between 2014 when this came out, or that's 2015 when it actually actually came out, and now that could not, could not undo the damage. Which um, is, like, Weird because like I remember Sony movies being like yeah everywhere yeah they're 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 doing real hot until then or not all of them but they're doing a lot better than they than they are now, um, so when the movie came or was supposed to come out because of the threat that North Korea perceived the states to be because of this film, a lot of theaters refuse to play this film in theaters and in a way it got people to protest not necessarily protest but like kind of get upset for like the wrong reasons people were like oh it's freedom of speech like it's just it's just a joke it's whatever like it should be fine to play in theaters but once again knowing the tension between North Korea and basically everyone else in the world like that shouldn't have been what they were arguing for yeah it just, but in this day and age, I'm not surprised. Uh, so the kinds of things that were leaked during this hack um, included personal information, like um, addresses, emails of uh, employees, emails between employees, um, pictures of employees and their families, Yikes. Uh, like uh, their salaries, copies of unreleased uh, films, and a whole bunch of other personal information. Um, I actually learned a bit about this hack actually from a teacher who I had in my last year of college. Um, one of my teachers was actually affected by this hack because a lot of my teachers worked, worked in the industry while teaching and like he was also a family man and he was worried because his information had also been released and like it was a, it was a big 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 thing. Um, so that's also what kind of got me into wanting to do this this topic because I was like it, I'm separated by like one degree. Of the, of the situation so it's personal but not personal also I don't like the teacher very much to be honest <laughs> he, but that doesn't mean that his no, no, personal no, no, no. information has to do with like his information being like he it, he deserved it but like 
just a side anecdote. I was not a fan of this teacher. Okay, so many believe that North Korea hacked into, hacked into Sony's system in order to view the interview, and that seems to be reasonably, reasonably, reasonably backed up um, by a few sources. However, it's a stretch to say that they are the ones who released the information. So, and this is a sort of quote from Seth Rogen himself, um, who also doesn't believe that North Korea released information, only viewed the movie to see what kind of threat it actually posed to them. So, Seth Rogen said, uh, the month later, when the movie itself finally came out, all the hacking shit happened. This was months after North Korea had probably already seen this movie. Why would they wait to leak the emails? And they never did anything like that before and haven't done anything like that since. So things just never quite added up. And um, when the government looked into this whole big thing, um, the the technical analysis of the data deletion malware used in the attack revealed uh, links to other malware the FBI knows North Korea previously developed. Um, They didn't quite find a connection between the release of the information but it's still like a wildly belief thing that like like who else like it just makes the most sense that they would be the one to release all this information for some reason, um, for some reason, but for to that like reason. take down the movie or whatever. Like yeah, we'll release all your information if you don't shut this movie down. A lot that was going around a lot. They're like, oh, the North Koreans have been saying, have been saying that like unless you stop this movie from coming out, we will like. At one point, people were saying that like the North Korea that being or that North Korea was gonna like start a war start a war against the states because of this film and like drop a bomb or something yeah i remember when all of this was going down because this is when i just moved into my first apartment yeah and i remember the interview being like everywhere and like was it supposed to be a netflix original it ended up coming out on a youtube streaming service later on that was in the in January 2015. Mm. I, I don't know. I just remember... I think I saw it on Netflix, but I never actually watched it because I was like, this looks say? like an awful movie. <laughs> but I do remember like all of the advertisements and stuff like that. And like the big whole thing was that like, like the whole marketing like campaign was like, this movie's gonna be so big because North Korea doesn't want you to see it, and this and that, and, like, I just remember everyone making a huge deal over this, like, movie, which looked just ridiculous, like, not even funny. Yeah, it definitely, the fact that, that North Korea was getting involved with it made it bigger than it probably should have ever been. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, it's so controversial. The controversial aspects make this film more famous now. Uh, so anyway, according to a cybersecurity expert Rogan hired himself, he also said there's also no way um, the hack could have been done remotely given the amount of stuff and kind of information that was um, released. Instead, the expert told Rogan um, it must have been like a physical act, like a plug-in and plug out sort of situation um a more of an inside kind of job uh there had been this is not this may not even be true 
but there's talks about um, some people within the company who are dissatisfied um, with just Sony in general, the how how things are being gone. So it could just be like a personal attack, and like a lot of the information had been directed towards um, a specific person, uh, the CEO of Sony Entertainment. So. So a lot of the personal information was from the CEO? Or, like, not from the CEO. Or like connected the, like... to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Seth Rogen is quoted here saying, uh, and the hack also seemed, seemed weirdly targeted at Amy Pascal, which seems fishy of all the people to target. Why not me? Why not Michael um, Linton, who was the former CEO of, of Sony? So a lot of, a lot of the information leaked didn't really have to do with the people actually involved with the interview itself. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm trying to get at. Um, so it was kind of like a cover. Like everyone was freaking out about North Korea, so it just seemed convenient to to do it then. Yeah, it's like these two events happened, and like people just kind of like correlated them together. Like, yes, Korea was very much upset about the interview. That is a fact. They did not like the fact that 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 America made it not America, but to them, America made a film about killing their own leader. But And yes, there was a hack around the same time, within a couple of months, of the movie being, not released, but uh, I guess premiering the, the trailer and whatnot. So I guess it just made sense to put two and two together. I just want to um, let our listeners know that if you hear like a weird crinkling sound in the background, uh, that is my cat playing with a plastic bag I left out. <laughs> uh, so one of the funny things about this whole Sony hack thing, and not like funny haha, but like funny as in like, oh my god. Um, so Rogan, Seth Rogan, doesn't regret making the film whatsoever. Of course not. <laughs> what he does regret is not making a better film. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm oh. sure he feels that way about a lot of his <laughs> He was like, oh, no, like, I wish the interview could have been funnier. There's so many things that we wanted to include into it that we couldn't have, but I don't regret making this film, which I am, like, not surprised. But, like, I was definitely one of those people at the time that this movie came out where I was, like, my understanding of, like, North Korea and how seriously they took certain things was like very much from the point of view where I was like why the hell would you make this film like you know that there's a lot of tension you know that North Korea does not fuck around like why are you doing this and like to me it seems to go back to like the whole free speech thing and people's like ideas of what free speech should look like yeah and like there's definitely an issue with north korea and other like dictatorships oh, for where sure. you know they control the media they control how their leader is viewed like <clears throat> a movie like that would never be aired in North Korea, obviously, there's, like, a lot of movies that are not shown in North... Like, they're banned from North Korea. <laughs> like, and so I get where they were coming from in a sense that, like, we need to deal with dictators who use kind of manipulation and mind control tactics. Because yeah. it is a form of mind control to control the media. Yep. Yeah. Um, like, in its entirety. 
So I get where they're coming from in that sense where it's like you want to say something about it. You want to be like, this is not okay. Yeah. But at the same time, like, who are Seth Rogen and James Franco to be the ones to do it? Yeah. Like, they have no connection to North Korea. Do they even know refugees from North Korea? Like, what is their connection to it? Like, there's nothing really there to be like, they had to be the ones to do this. It seems like to me, like, they... They even could have chosen, like, a, like a non-current or a made-up dictator of sorts. Like, for example, if they did, if they if they wanted to do a satire or whatever, or comedy or whatever about having to, to assassinate some sort of, like, dictator, they could have done one, a fictional universe of, like, Hitler or something, or someone completely made up, where it doesn't have the same sort of current and immediate impact if they just if they just want to fuck around and like just do whatever mm-hmm. then like i guess that would be more acceptable or if they had to if they felt like they still wanted to do something on a current issue like kim jong-un then it probably would have been better to leave just the the blatant seth rogan seth rogan and like james franco humor out of it yeah, I mean, for a group of guys that try to act like they're apolitical, it's a pretty political move to make. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't have any political stake in what's going on with North Korea, if you don't have any emotional stake, family, whatever, I just, like, I just still don't get the point. Like, did they really think they were that funny and that interesting and that like like what they had to say about it was remotely like accurate or even like new enough to make a movie that they knew would be controversial like it's just that kind of edgelordy kind of mindset where it's like we know this will upset people and we may not be the best people to talk about this issue but because it's controversial we're gonna do it because we're white dudes who literally have nothing else going for us yeah like it literally does not affect us stuff that we can say it's just comedy when it's like it's real people i don't want to go too too much into like the situation at north korea but it's depressing as fuck the kind of situation people of, of north korea are living in i know Korean people I know Korean people who know people who have defected from North Korea who managed to escape and like have told them their stories and how they managed to get out and like it's it's devastating what people have to go I don't know it just it's just like why why it's not funny nothing about North Korea is funny no it's what trying to get at yeah like I think there are ways to do humor about dark topics. Yeah, for sure. But, like, once again, I truly believe that you have to have some kind of personal stake in it for it to have any kind of meaning. Like, it's just being controversial for the sake of being controversial and not actually saying anything. Yeah. And it's just it's just trying to profit off of 
fears about North Korea. Like, that's all it really was. Like, everyone was getting really anxious about, you know, what could possibly happen with North Korea. And instead of actually, like, dealing with it or looking into it in a real serious way, they just made a big joke about it when, like, the living conditions for actual North Koreans are, is, it's deplorable and it's awful and, like, just, ugh. I just, I just don't think that they have anything worth saying on it. No, they didn't. In a movie, like, I, Mari hasn't seen it, I definitely have not watched it. Like, even if it wasn't Seth Rogen and James Franco, I don't think I would be interested in a quote-unquote comedy about the assassination of Kim Jong-un. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, I think I would have been interested in, like, a Korean comedy. Like, yeah, if it was From really, South Korea or South something. South Korea definitely has an interesting, obviously they have an interesting relationship with their with their other half. What would have been cool is if they had to take to like like a North Korean, not North Korean, because they don't, they're, I don't, I've never seen a North Korean film. I've seen like a part of one and it was about Canada. Um, but anyway, like for example, how South Korea blasts their music across their border. Like that could have been something interesting. Like just seeing the people who are involved making their own sort of. <laughs> or even like if it's not going to be like from like Korean, like South Korean filmmakers, yeah. like to even just have the the main characters be Korean, like why does it got to be a bunch of white dudes going over to? Because like who honestly is going to be more likely to try and do an assassination attempt on? A political figure who is a dictator and you know ruining the lives of many many people you really think it's going to be just a couple of white dudes who think they're funny like they did i don't know it's just like ridiculousness on ridiculousness and that's sort of their thing that's just their thing just say hi thank you there we go Okay. But yeah, I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted by, I guess, what this, I kind of want to, like, sort of tie this into. I'm just exhausted with, like, people feeling like they can talk about certain things that don't affect them in that kind of way. Yeah. And it's, like, a major issue now. I mean, like, it's always been a major issue, but it, like... Reminds me of, what is it? What's that new movie Lena Dunham is doing um, on, like, Syrian refugees? Oh, yeah. It's basically like a book or something. It's got, like, like, Dakota Fanning in it or whatever. Yeah, and the book itself also came from, like, a white writer, I think. I think so. And it's, like, a lot of people are upset because it's, like, literally nobody involved in the making of the film has a connection to Syrian refugees or is a Syrian refugee yeah, or anything related. Like, it's it's just like, who are you to talk about this? Who are you to tell this story? People's lives and suffering isn't your entertainment. It's not just fantasy for other people. It's, it's their reality. 
Yeah, and it's kind of like messed up to kind of make it your fantasy that like you've lived it or whatever. Like it's just it's kind of messed up that that's what your fantasy is about is yeah. being oppressed. Like it's all tired. Everyone's like, what about me? That you need to read a book in order to understand what oppression is. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I like. Yeah. It's getting exhausting. I'm like, I'm like, I'm 25 years old. I don't see this sort of thing stopping anytime soon. It, yeah. And it makes me sad. And yeah, tired is like the best way to describe it. I'm just like exhausted of people with no connections to things being like, I should be the one to tell this story. And, like, it's very frustrating to me as a writer because there are many times where I'm like, you know what, like, I'm not going to write about this specific trans issue because it affects trans women more, and I'm never going to understand that. I'm never yeah. going to understand it, the the fear that they live in, the violence that they face, you know, like, there's a lot of things I'm not going to see. And there's been plenty of times where I've been learning about trans issues, even as a trans person, where, like, until a trans woman explained something to me, I didn't even see how horrific something was without the, the context around it. Yeah. And it's like, why am I giving up opportunities just to have some white person or some cis person or some, ab- like, whatever go in and be like, no, I know how to tell this story. Even if I've never lived it, I've never experienced it, I only discovered this issue because I read a book about it. Yeah. Like. It's just, there's only so much you can ex- can truly experience or sort of empathize with in the world. I will never know what it's like to be a cat. I will never know what it's like to be a cis white man. I will never know these things. I mean, that's not, like, the greatest example. No, like, I'm, the cis I'm just, white I'm just, man just... part, because, like, you can understand it yes, in the I'll sense never that, be... like, you are surrounded by those experiences and the stories about those experiences. Yes, but I'll never be a, man, like, a, a cis white man. I'll never look down and see a pale white penis between my legs. I mean, not... In that context. (laughs) (laughs) But my point being, as extreme those examples are, like, stop trying to be and live that thing that is not yours. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I'm like... It, it also reminds me of um, this this blog post that I read um, from a former Globe and Mail employee, like staff writer, who resigned from the Globe and Mail because um, they were a person of color mm-hmm. and they, like, the Globe and Mail would keep, like, rejecting their pitches but then basically giving the same topic to, like, so, like, pitches about, like, issues that racialized people face. Yeah. 
And so they would get their pitches rejected constantly. But then a white writer would be assigned pretty much the exact same topic. And so it's like, like, it's not just that there are people who are telling stories that don't belong to them. It's the fact that the people those stories belong to are being passed over constantly. Yeah. Yeah. For these perspectives that don't actually have any nuance or complexity to them. Like, they don't have the lived experience to really dive into the issues. And so it's like, it's not just that you're going to miss parts of the story. It's that you're literally screwing somebody else out of the opportunity to tell that story. Exactly. And to survive off that story. Because there's a lot of filmmakers and there's a lot of, you know, writers and stuff like that who can't afford to do their craft because they're not being paid for it. Yeah. And they're not like their projects and whatever aren't being picked. It's like um, the Marsha P. Johnson um, documentary that was on Netflix, I think last year or something, um, where the writer of that one was like a cis white dude. And he actually took, like, a lot of material from a trans black woman who was also making a documentary on Marsha P. Johnson um, from the perspective of trans women of color. Yeah. Like, her community um, on, like, who she is and stuff like that. And um, she struggled to get her documentary off the ground, even though, like, a lot of the, like, she went and did all of the work to do this research and and all of this stuff, and then this white guy gets a Netflix deal almost, like, immediately, because she's been trying to get this documentary made for, like, years. Mm -hmm. And then this, like, white dude comes along and is like, I'm going to do a documentary on Marsha P. Johnson, and I'm going to miss a whole bunch of stuff and tell the story wrong, but, like... He's the one who's got, like, a butt-ton of money now for this documentary that is not from his community. It's not an experience he'll ever understand. Yeah. And I think this kind of ties into, like, the whole thing where it's like, oh, well, so-and-so just does it better or they're, they're a bigger name or whatever, but because the people who need to tell these things aren't given the opportunities or have the t- opportunities taken away from them to do these things they're never going to be a big name yeah like they're never going to be starting from the same place as some as someone else like nothing in this world is equal opportunity depending on who you identify as where you might be from what you might look like or whatever you're automatically put onto a different level than everyone else. You're on a different set of, different step on a set of stairs. Like, if you're a white man versus a trans woman, the white man's already halfway up the steps. Just I mean, he's already at the top of the steps. Yeah. Just, just for existing the way he exists. And, like, and, like, we constantly act like the cis white male experience is universal while everybody else's perspective is alienating or or isolated or whatever and it's like no that's not how it works because like as you said like we're never going to 
go through life as a cis white dude. We're never going to move through life the way that they do. Like when I'm in a room with a white dude, like we could say the exact same thing and it's going to be taken very differently. Of course. Because of who said it. Like I've had times where and like I've I've been the person who benefits from that dynamic too. Like I've been in conversations, especially online, uh, like especially when it comes to like a race. When I get involved in conversations about race, if there's a black woman involved, even if I say literally the exact same thing she is saying, yeah, I will be treated as more civilized, as um, more like. Like, easier to talk to. More like and, a human. Yeah. And, like, I mean, like, there are still people who will be, like, you you don't know anything because you're brown, whatever. And, like, you're biased because of your brown, like, you know. Yeah. Beard people will do stuff like that. But I've definitely benefited from having, you know, not being black in those conversations because when I say the things that black women are saying or or black people in general are saying, then I'm somehow, it's somehow easier coming from me. And it's just like super frustrating. And it's like, like, I've also seen it happen with a lot of like white folks when I'm in the room where it's like I'll say something and people will be like oh that doesn't seem right this isn't whatever but then a white woman will be like but I believe this thing and everyone will be like oh that makes so much sense and I'll be like she literally did not contribute anything to the conversation she just took credit for what I said Mm -hmm. and everyone's like yay amazing bravo like I'm so glad someone could come in and say it in a way to make me understand and I'm like I literally gave you examples sources like <laughs> honestly this reminds me of and shout out to my coworker for like this is a good example of being some semblance of an ally like I I work as a furniture assembly delivery person and I am one of the only if not the only regular, um, I like person who identifies as a woman at my work. I think there's one other girl, but she doesn't work that often. And um, so I'm, I'm usually with a bunch of dudes. People oftentimes don't even know that I'm going to show up when I call them. They're like, oh, just tell the movers to go to this place. And I'm like, I said, we're going to be there at this time. Like, we as me, the person you're talking to, I'm not just some phone operators. I don't say that to them because I have a job to do, but you get my point. Anyway, like, People look at me sometimes and assume I can't lift a thing. And like my mom <laughs> when you were helping us move and your ex boyfriend at the time was the lankiest dude ever. And no, my mom was like, like, He can do all the heavy lifting while Jasmine can help us pick up pizza. And I was like, You have this switched. You have it wrong. He can't lift anything. <laughs> If anybody's gonna, like, I swear you did most of the heavy lifting (laughs) during that move. And I was, I just looked at my mom like, are you confused? (laughs) But yeah, you were saying that you had to work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, 
that's an example of like people looking at me and I'm not saying I'm the strongest person in a room. I'm definitely not. I in this room right now. Well, yes, in you this are. room. <laughs> yes, literally in this room. I am. But like so we were lifting a couch. The couch actually wasn't that heavy, but um the the there was some construction workers there at the time because we're delivering People, stop delivering big furniture to your house when it's not even finished being built. You have no floors, you have no walls, you don't even have stairs going into your, just a drop into your garage, like, stop it. (laughs) Anyway. Rich people, man. Being able to afford a building that's not even built yet, like, what? Like, why are you getting furniture when you haven't even, like, put your floors in yet? It's just wood there. Like, uh, anyway. Point is lifting this couch and one of the people who was helping to put in the flooring saw me lifting the other end and decided without telling me to like help me lift the other side which actually ended up it being unbalanced for me and my coworker who was lifting the other end and I ended up like dropping the bottom half afterwards my coworker was like because I was like uh, no 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 I don't need help I don't, I don't need help like I like you're actually unbal- like, I was trying to tell this guy like stop like very politely because I'm on a job like, don't help me because you're helping me is making it worse. And my coworker was like, listen to her. He was like, she's telling you you're making you're making our job harder. Like, don't help us. And like, I commend him for that because like, no matter how many times I said it, this dude would just not listen to me. And like, because you're a woman. So how could you possibly know if you can lift furniture? Like, you're clearly <laughs> overestimating your own abilities to do your own job that you've been at for several weeks now. Yeah, like almost months two months now. now. Like, how could you possibly know? How could you possibly lift a couch? How could you do your job? Jasmine, you're so silly. And it's trying so to do your infuriating. Job. He's like, he's like, I can't relate. He, we're going to talk about it later. He's like, I can't relate. But like, from talking to my friends, I understand how frustrating as a black woman it, it, it must feel because you have to you have to contain yourself a lot of the time to yeah. not come off a certain way. Like if I had said what he had said, you would have been the angry boy. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm constantly monitoring myself to make sure I don't come off a certain way to people. Always on guard so I don't scare them. So I don't become a threat. Which is funny because it's like you are too sad and pathetic <laughs> to lift a couch. But if you get angry, yeah. like the cops might get called on you. Like, like isn't that wild? God. Anyway, we're so off topic now, and I feel like it's about time we get into My... cybercrime. Yes. Okay. So I am doing uh, something called the Blue Whale Challenge. Um. This was in, like, a a case that was introduced to me by my friend Chloe again. Um, If you listen to our Unsolved Mysteries episode, I think it was, uh, Chloe had given given me, specifically me, uh, the other topic of DLF Pass. So, thanks, Chloe. I hope you're listening, even though you don't listen to podcasts anymore. But (laughs) it's fine. Um, before I get into mine, as I mentioned, mine is death-related. Um, so content warning, I am going to be talking about self-harm and suicide, um, and specifically coerced self-harm and suicide. Um, do-do-do. So, uh, 
I also want to preface this by saying I'm actually using really old oh, research yeah. um, from like a year ago because I was tired. I have been tired since basically the last time we recorded an episode. You're going to say since birth and I'm like, same. I mean, also, <laughs> I've just been tired. Yes. Um, <laughs> And so I decided to just go back to something that I was going to do on my own in a solo podcast, but that was boring and I hated it. So um, we're doing this now. Um, I actually did my content warning this time. I'm very proud of myself. Super organized. Woo. I hope that there's actually enough information for this to be useful. Well, I mean, like mine went on for quite some time, so obviously you'll be fine. So, the Blue Whale Challenge is um, this internet phenomenon um, that basically started in 2013, um, originating out of Russia and other Slavic countries. So, um, when I was looking this up, like last year, um, (laughs) there wasn't like a huge amount of information because a lot of it was from russian news outlets Ah. so they were in russian and i just had to like i think i ended up using like uh a reddit post Mm -hmm. because they like had to translate some of it from russian to english because i couldn't understand that's fair anyways so what the blue whale challenge was was a set of 50 instructions um that you complete daily so there's like a daily challenge kind of thing so it doesn't sound too weird um it's kind of like those like movie challenges where you need like a you do a screen cap of a movie every day for 10 days or like whatever but like it's it's not as wholesome and fun as that yeah i know a little bit about your case mostly the end results um so i'm gonna get into the dark stuff now because um yeah, that's pretty much the entirety of this case. There's nothing really light to discuss. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> the challenges ranged from the mundane to deadly uh, tasks. So challenges included things like drawing a whale on a piece of paper and like showing a picture of it um, to carving phrases and images onto your body other acts of self-harm, watching horror movies for an entire day straight, like just hours and hours and hours of horror movie footage. Yeah. Um, And then the final task is ending your own life after taking a final oath Mm -hmm. to the Blue Whale Challenge. Um, So it did start out of Russia, so the instructions were in Russian to start with. Um, but they've been translated to many different languages. Um, there have been reported cases worldwide. Um, here is like a short, not a short list. Here's a list, but not a definitive list. Like there's more countries than this, but there have been reports from Argentina, Brazil, Bulgaria, Chile, China, Colombia, Georgia, Italy, Kenya, Pakistan, Paraguay. Portugal, Russia, obviously, Saudi Arabia, Serbia, Spain, the U.S., Uruguay, and Venezuela. So, 
it branched out like worldwide because yeah, that was touched a little bit of everything yeah there were it it happened in some african countries and some south american countries and asia i there were some people in the u.s who did it i don't know about canada like um there wasn't any that i could tell when i did this research but i don't know if anything's changed since um there was also reported cases in West Bengal, which is a state of um, India, obviously. Um, and this challenge has been responsible for hundreds of deaths. That's obviously too many for something that sounds like it was supposed to be like an internet meme. Yeah. Well. Or not internet meme. You know what I mean. Okay. Um, so... The Blue Whale Challenge was invented by an expelled psych student, of course, named uh, Philip Budakin, um, and he was Russian, so that's why it started in Russia. Yeah. Um, and the reason he did it, he created it, was because he wanted to cleanse society of biological waste. Yeah. Um, so... He basically did this challenge so that he could basically be like, like get rid of, of people he uh, deemed like under people. him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like the whole idea was like, if you were willing to go through all of this for like internet fame or whatever, then you deserve to die. Mm-hmm. And so he really believed that he like was making the world better i guess but never mind um so many thoughts and feelings philip budakin um at the time was 22 years old um there were 20 suicides in russia that were linked to him um but he was only tried for three so he was only charged with three I guess like murders um which is kind of like that coerced suicide kind of thing yes um he claimed that victims were happy to die like they were happy to go through all of these challenges I don't know about that um and what was really kind of like awful and strange um but also like a little fascinating was the fact that he received dozens of love lighters in jail once he was convicted i'm not surprised though considering we should actually never mind we'll talk about later um psychologists claim that the victims lacked love from their parents and he gave them attention um which is why um which is why they were like so willing to go through it um because they were getting kind of um support from someone um, so the game started off being kind of run by Philip, but, um, it grew to be so big. So it got to so many countries because there were other people who were then, um, kind of spreading it. Yeah. Um, they were like facilitating the challenge or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have it written here, but what, from what I remember, um, you once you started the challenge you were kind of pressured to keep going so even if you wanted to stop 
like I believe that the like mentors or the the people facilitating the challenge yeah threatened to release um either like images and like stuff from what like the earlier parts of the challenge um or they hacked into like your information and would like take information and blackmail you essentially into continuing either ruin your life or ruin your life so like for a lot of people it started off as something like fun and silly like oh draw a whale on this piece of paper oh like draw like cut a whale into your arm and like it didn't seem like this big scary thing but then the further down the list you get the more it escalated and then there was also tasks like watching horror movies constantly um like like watching like really horrific things that will like fuck with your head and you're not gonna make the same kind of decisions you would make um because like you are witnessing so much intense kind of well it's like you're slowly building things up right yeah like building it building up so like one little task compared to the last test task doesn't seem that big of a deal until like it's too late um yeah um as far as i can tell um budakin was the only kind of mentor whatever you want to call them that um was identified there are dozens more unnamed people who um willingly participated in this and continued it on even after budakin was arrested mm-hmm. so um in like russia and in a lot of these countries in india as well there were like <clears throat> warnings like it got to the point where like police were like warning like parents and stuff like that like it was in the news and the media like be afraid like <clears throat> your children get pulled into this challenge and like they're at risk yeah and it would typically be like young teens like 14 15 year olds well it's like that's when you're most impressionable right like when i was young i used to think like how how much things could impress upon me was kind of silly i was like i'm my own person Mm -hmm. like how can any sort of outside influence like have any effect on me but looking back on looking back on my young self i'm like i was influenced by so many different things i mean we grew up with the internet but not in the same way like it was still new and it was there was still like areas that seem to be like untouched by horrible people like neopets like oh yeah when we were really young like the kids young yeah i mean i was on and off that neopets bullshit for like <laughs> much later into life than i <laughs> should probably admit but okay neopets is not a phase it is <laughs> it is an extended journey throughout your childhood up until like your early teens maybe i want to say I mean, I definitely didn't, like, restart a Neopets account in my early 20s <laughs> just so I can play the, like, what's it called? The, like, Mika chase, the Mirka oh, chase. Oh, the one that was, like, that was, it's like, like snake. snake, but with the eggs. But you could get so many new points with that game if you're good at it, like me. 
Anyway. I got really good at it. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was my favorite game. Anyways, all my Neopets are dead and dying. They're starving. Yeah. Um... All of my, like, seven accounts that I remade because I lost the password for the old ones and I didn't even have the password for the email account that I used. Yeah, I refused to revisit my one old account because, like, if I were able to log into my Neopets account now, the amount of money, because I, I invested. Oh, you I put had, it in like, the bank? I had I had it in the bank. So, like, because Neop- Neopets... We could do a whole episode on advertising and then like and like a, a, like a audiences and whatever. But Neopets teaches you, teaches you from a very young age how you can accumulate wealth <laughs> and also neglect your pets. <laughs> I didn't like didn't neglect my pets. It was just that I literally always forgot my password and my username <laughs> because I always made usernames that was like XX Oblivion Shadow Cats Twenty Two. Squiggly line. Uh. <laughs> Asterisk. Like. No, it costs money to feed my pets. And I'm like, if I. There became a point where I was, like, too rich to go to the. the like, the, the random, like, food fairy. Oh, yeah, the, like, uh, yeah. So, like, I was like, now I have to pay? I have to. I didn't want to spend money on anything. Anyway, we're super off topic. Neopets is not the point of this <laughs> thing. Point is, like, you don't realize how impressionable, you're, impressionable and multiple your, like, mind is and how easily you can kind of fall into traps. And what you, what you kind of th- think is okay when, like, you're younger, you're you're a kid, you're a teenager, or whatever. Like, looking back on stuff, that I was like, yeah, that's fine. And I'm like, no, that was really not okay. Like, I feel like I almost got pulled into like the alt right sphere because of the internet, and that was pre. Yeah. Like, this was when the alt right was kind of just forming. Yeah. When like 4chan was just becoming a thing oh yeah i forgot about 4chan <clears throat> i never get to forget about 4chan anyway. anytime somebody's sharing a screenshot of somebody saying something horrible it's from 4chan and just now you're like it's 4chan because you see it and you know the background and the little like thing that they do with the arrow and it's like uh, i did this and then i did this yeah. and then and it's just like in that point form bullshit i don't know i don't get it I just don't get 4chan. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not surprised that the, the target audience for this, like, the Blue Whale Project, yeah, is it's, young people. Yeah, and, like, because, like, think about it. Like, especially if it starts off, like, really low-key and whatever, like, draw a picture, you know, call someone a mean name. Like, I... I don't I don't have all of the instructions yeah. written down, but like some of them are just like really silly. Mm-hmm. And it's just like like I can imagine as a kid being like, okay, whatever, like I could do this and then you get halfway through the list and then you are having to self harm and you know, put yourself in risky situations. And if you back out now, then everybody's going to know that you were too pathetic to go through with that and this and that and like. Exactly. I remember being 14 and, you know, using slurs because everybody else was doing it. And if you didn't use slurs, then you were overly sensitive and, you know, you were like a whiny baby or whatever. Mm-hmm. And 
like looking back now, it's like horrifying to me to know how easy it was for people to use me as like. As almost like a, a tool holder. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> yeah, it's ridiculous and not good. Yeah. So, um, some teens have been managed to be rescued, um, but many others have taken their lives. And, um, so as of last year, it was in the hundreds. Last the, year? Yeah. That's really recent. Um, as of last, yeah, because it was still going technically, like from, it's like heyday was like between 2013 and 2015. Yeah. Um, but even up to it, like 2017, there were still cases, like the cases in India were like just happening. Um, so like some people have been like saved, like some people have been saved, like literally on the last challenge when they're supposed to kill themselves and then somebody comes out and like grabs them Mm -hmm. because like a lot of it's like go to the top of this building and you know you know where it goes from there yeah but yeah it's awful um one thing that i noticed when i was doing the research for this is that there was a lot of focus on the cases that happen in the u.s and europe um in the media so like a lot of like Um, European news agencies would talk about how dangerous this challenge was but they really would talk about it um, happening in like Russia and Italy and stuff like that and they wouldn't talk about the cases that happen in India and Africa um, in China and you know like South America like there was very very little information on those cases and so I thought it was like really telling about who we think deserves to have this happen to them and like to be kind of manipulated in this way and who are helpless victims um i think as well um at least in the european countries i'm not sure about kind of Asia, Africa, South America cases, but in the European and U.S. cases, all of the victims came from, like, middle-class families who, you know, like, there wasn't really anything going on in their lives. It was literally, like, like, this was the big thing in their life Mm -hmm. was this challenge, and it was because they were, like, seeking out attention and seeking out whatever. And, like, so it's not like people who are you know, who've been traumatized and are more susceptible to trauma. It was people who've never experienced trauma before and being kind of manipulated into the situation. Yeah. Um, and I guess the, uh, the last thing that I have to say before we can get into a kind of, like, discussion about it, um, is um there's a couple there's a movie that was made kind of based on the challenge um and it was called nerve um starring emma roberts um so in that movie it's a similar concept where there's an internet challenge that's going around it starts off really mundane take a picture here shoplift this Um, i remember the trailer for this 
Yeah, and like that movie's been based off of it. Um, it also reminded me of this Polish movie that I saw once because I took a Polish cinema class in university. Oh, I thought you took the language class. I think I took a Polish cinema class as no, well. No, I took the Polish cinema class as well because my partner is Polish and he wanted to kind of get back in touch with like his Polish stuff because like I never really learned the language and I never uh, really like got involved with Polish stuff like just eating cabbage rolls like that was the extent of how Polish I got um and so yeah like it's not that important but I ended up in this like Polish cinema class and one of the movies we watched was called um and in English it was called The Suicide Room and it was about uh, this chat room that this group of like young like mid-teenagers um join this chat room they're all kind of outcasty types not necessarily like super weirdos but just like they don't quite fit in and um there's one character in this chat room who then um tries to convince you to kill yourself um through this chat room and you wants you to do it on camera and then he makes you like and then the next victim ends up seeing that footage and being like made to watch it and stuff like that and they the the character that's initiating everything is like like you get lulled into the sense of security because you're in this safe space safe chat room whatever but then he uses all the information that you share in there against you to like make you want to kill yourself and it was it was like a really rough movie to watch um but it came out when would that have been i watched it in like around the time that this challenge was like a big thing um because that would have been like what 2013 2014 time roughly i don't know I think like five years ago because yeah. I took that class a long time ago uh back when I was trying <laughs> but yeah um but I guess all I really have to say about the blue oil challenge is that um it does remind me of people from the alt-right movement and the way they use manipulation tactics and um internet sensations and stuff like that to control you and and cause harm and you know we act like everything we do on the internet is meaningless because like there's you know like how can someone make you do something over the internet if they're not in the same room with you they're not holding a gun to your head whatever but what people do on the internet has very real consequences and we do have power over people and you know the right circumstances you can change people's life for the worst it is it's because the internet i i'd say the internet is still fairly new considering how it was basically not that important in our childhood considering and to the importance it is now and like 
sometimes 25 years is like a long time but it's really not it's a blip in the in the in the true perspective of like time and like so we've created this culture around the internet where like it's paradoxical 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 is that the word yeah yes um in a sense where it's like oh nothing matters on the internet but everything matters on the internet and like oh it's just on the internet but on everything on the internet, internet carries so much weight like for, the, for some people like people in the alt-right or the red pillars or whatever many names you have for people like that like the internet is their only community mm-hmm. it's their only community and people or humanity is a social species social species and like just like you can be peer pressured in person just because you're in front of a screen it doesn't mean it can happen online because that's your community and it can still happen and you can sort of control people through the information you share online yeah and then we see it with like trump being like this is fake news but this isn't yeah what I'm telling you isn't fake news, but what the media is telling you about me, that's fake news. And you see that happening online where people will be like, um, we were talking about this before we started recording, where it was like, um, you get these like conspiracy theories, like somebody tells you, well, the moon landing wasn't real. They faked it. It's fake news. We didn't, it didn't happen. And people are like, oh, well, that seems possible. Yep. And despite how much information they'll get otherwise, once their opinion's been made on that, they'll be like, well, you can fake anything. All of this evidence could have been faked. And it's like, like, it's really easy to manipulate people by controlling the information that they get to it. Well, our cases are becoming more and more connected the more we talk about it. We're getting back on to the same kind of theme. Yeah. Um, and it was unintentional. <laughs> it was. I didn't even know what you were doing until you, know you got here. This is a little bit of like a, a little bit of a, um, a segue. But like I meant, I wanted to put it on like our document. We have a, we have a document to kind of try to organize everything. But I don't, only on my computer I'm logged into our account, not on my phone. So it's like uh-huh. I was double tapping on my phone to try to edit it, and it's like, do you want to open this in the app? Select which account you want to like log into. I'm like, but it's not, it's not on this, it's not on my phone. So that's why I ended up not putting it on the phone because I'm only, only logged on into our account on my computer, not on my on my on my phone. That's it. You should fix that. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I only recently put um, the Gmail onto my phone, but it was because. Um, there was, like, a few days where I just, like, didn't touch my computer. Like, yeah. I didn't open it because I was getting all of my work emails to my phone. And then I, like, almost missed <laughs> an email from someone. And then I was like, maybe I should not put it somewhere I have to manually check every day. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Anyway, uh, point is, like, it's it's not intentional that our, our, our two cases have overlapping themes. Yeah, I think it's, it says something about the internet, I guess, because the only interconnectedness we tried to have there was that it was cyber, 
Because, like, I even said to you, like, mine is going to be, like, murder-related. Like, feel free to do something else because, like, (laughs) I know these murder cases get you down. (laughs) Sometimes they're just so heavy and, like, I'm such an emotional person. It's just, like... Well, if you have, like, two exams in a row, like, I feel awful being, like, no, research murder in between your classes, your dance showcase, your work. Your tests, like, your essays, don't like, don't worry about, about don't say that word. any of that. <laughs> Just research murder. I want you to be depressed always. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we were, what were we talking about? Oh, yes, internet culture. Is it internet culture? Yeah. 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 Internet culture. I have, like, a, I often say I have a love-hate hate relationship with, like, the internet. It's not so much the internet that's my problem it's the internet's a thing that's not the problem it's how people it's the people and how people use this medium to like make some people's a lot of people's lives very very hard depending on what kind of circles and you kind of go through and even so not nothing just stays on the internet it wouldn't be a problem if people who are red pillars just stayed on the internet and didn't bring anything, bring any of that from the internet into their real lives. Like, nothing just stays on the internet. No. Man, the internet's such a dark place. Back in my day. (laughs) Kidding. And, um, this is, it's, like, sort of off topic, but, like, on topic. I was thinking about my relationship to the internet. And I remember... Remember when there was that, like, just, like, a couple weeks ago, that big Facebook hack? Oh, yes. Um, so I, like, logged on to my Facebook, and I was like, you have to change your password. Internet, like, like, there's been a hack, and, like, so I changed my password, whatever, and I was, like, sitting there thinking about it, being like, I don't even think I care if anybody steals my information, because, like, I'm literally putting it on the internet for people to read it. Like, this information is not, like, just for me. And I think it's kind of interesting that I've become, like, I've just accepted into my life that, like, all the intimate details of my life, everything that I like, everything that I hate, everything I've ever said is just out there for people to take. And I'm like, yeah, take it. Take the information. (laughs) Like, it's there for you. As some of you may not may know or may not know, I'm I'm a communications major at the moment, but that might change. Um, but like actually, just last week we were talking about as last week we were talking about privacy and and all that sort of stuff and sort of just how like it's also like you can see sort of the the difference between the older and the newer generation. A lot of the older generation is still kind of like skeptical of like. Like, I used to work at, at, a, at a phone call center very, very briefly. It was too stressful, though. And the amount of older people who distrust giving information, even just over the phone, compared to younger people, it's the same thing on the internet, where we're, we're kind of just like, who who reads the privacy uh, agreement yeah. when you're signing up for any website? Because every single website has one. Like, who reads those long f- forms? Nobody. We're just like, whatever. And we accept it and we move on. Like, as annoying as ads are, 
we invite them. We put all our crap on the internet and they can do with our information with whatever they want. Like that's the permission that we've signed over. And like most of the times, which is kind of scary, I'm okay with that. Yeah, like I was thinking about what the Cambridge Analytica stuff where it's like, we're selling all your information to advertisers or whatever so they can like sell you stuff better. And I'm just sitting there like, I mean, you can try. I'm still broke. (laughs) You can put the most amazing ads and like Facebook does it. They'll be like, hey, here's a company that sells sweaters with cats on them in space. And I'll be like, what? I need this sweater. I need this sweater right now. This has all of my interests wrapped up in one. But I'm broke. So it doesn't matter. But like I was thinking about it and I was like, do I really care if advertisers have my information like they know what i like and don't like and whatever so they can sell me stuff more like does it really matter to me because like aren't they just gonna try and sell stuff to me anyways like and at first i actually want my ads to be like geared towards yeah, my interest going to see an ad it might as well be for something that if i were in a different circumstance might actually consider or at least find entertaining and like as creepy it is as that your phones are listening in on you and like when you're talking about something there will suddenly be an advert as creepy as that is i'm like at least it's something that i like at least it's something that i want or want or like or whatever because i nothing frustrates me more when i do have to sit down and watch like live tv and there's no like skipping through the ads there's no you know pausing or whatever because i'm watching it on my like dinky little satellite antenna and like like it's just something i don't want and i'm just seeing this ad over and over again because they always have to play it like three times a day and like every day and every single time i'll sit there and i'll be like i hate this i don't even want this why are you showing this to me But like that used to be the norm you sit, sit through a whole bunch of ads that were just catered to the general public to try to hit whoever they could because they couldn't get people personally and now you can have ads that target specific people on Facebook. Like you can have multiple ads going and people will only see the one that aligns with their interests yes. and, and their, their beliefs. Yeah. And it's like, like it's so weird to me because like I like how chill I am with it. Because I know like, like a decade ago even. Like, I still wanted some kind of privacy. Like, I still wanted some kind of, like, don't, I don't want you to know what kind of music I listen to. And I don't want you to. Don't photos on Facebook. You know, don't do this and that, whatever. And now I'm like, I'm going to put this nude on Facebook. And I'm going to put it on public. (laughs) (laughs) More people need to see my boob. (laughs) Only one this time. Next time, though. So it's, 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 it's very interesting and how this kind of wraps back around to like cyber crime is that I guess one could argue is that people, either there needs to be more censorship, I always have a problem saying this word, censorship, when it comes to the internet and like more control and then other people would argue, well, it's like, that's your fault for trusting any sort of like system to hold on to your personal information and there not be any sort of risk yeah 
I think the only thing I still am anxious about, like, putting in somewhere is credit card information and social insurance numbers. Aye. Especially when you apply for jobs online. And they ask for it. That's that's definitely... Because like, your social have... insurance number is your identity. It's who you are. If you lose that, you are not a person. Yeah, like, I once was, like, applying for this job, and part of their application form was, like, to put the last four digits... Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know that the reason they asked for the last four is just to ensure that you have a number and that, like, but they can't get the whole number if they only have half the digits or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, not even half the digits. But I was still like, I don't even know if this is a real job. Like, yeah. I don't know if they can extrapolate, you know, based on, like, when I was born, what the first three digits of the number is going to be or yeah. whatever. Like, because... If you look at social insurance numbers, they're only off by one, depending on when you get it. Like, me and my brother's social insurance numbers, I'm pretty sure, are almost exactly the same, because we got them at the same time. Yeah. So, like, I just, like, didn't apply for that job, because I was like, it seems legit, but you're asking for a social insurance number, so that makes me feel like it's not legit. Like, on the internet, when you ask for my social insurance number, I know. I'm like, yes, I know. This company's legit. I know you I know you do things. But you're asking for something that, literally, if someone were to steal this, I'd be screwed so royally. I mean, anybody steals my social insurance number, they'd be screwed because my credit's shit. <laughs> they would just be like, oh, no, all of this debt is following me around now. I stole the wrong identity. <laughs> but, like, it's 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 still, like, 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 a huge, huge deal, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, and also, because the internet is so new, we're kind of in, we're kind of, maybe a hundred years from now, they'll have solutions to all these things, but because we're kind of just growing with it, it's, like, kind of just trying to tackle issues as they come up and it's like the flu like the flu strain keeps changing and they keep coming for vac- coming, up with, coming up with vaccinations for it but it's like oh no the flu changed again everyone's getting sick again oh now we got it we got this time this is the vaccination the flu changes strain again it's, that's kind of like but it's still good to always get your flu shot especially if you are someone who has to leave your house and interact with other people because elderly people and children are very, and other people are very very vulnerable to the flu. I didn't know people still died from the flu in this day and age. Like they do. Like it's, it is mostly elderly and children. infants. Yeah. Um, but there are people with compromised immune systems. Yeah. Um, whether it's from their medication or from an autoimmune disease. Yeah, because I I was definitely one of those people who was just like. Pfft there's no point in me getting and like that was kind of instilled in me by my mom as well who was a nurse doesn't mean she's always right but it's like as long as you're not older older like a baby you don't need it but like it's not always about you it's It's about about the people around other people as well it's like also why you vaccinate children so that like other other children don't get sick as well yeah because i think there are people who can't get certain vaccines um because of their immune system um, and how that's affected. So, like, protect those people by getting the vaccine yourself so then you're not a carrier and give it to the people who can't get the vaccine. Anyways, anti-vaxxers are bad. (laughs) Water's wet. That's what we're ending. (laughs) That's how we're ending this episode. (laughs) Anti-vaxxers are bad. Uh Uh-uh, we're not done yet. Yes.
our outro. Yes. Um, anyways, so I feel like now we're getting very off topic, so we might as well just bring this to an end. Yep. Um, so don't forget to follow us on social media. You can tweet at us at Six Ad World SSW. Uh, you can hit up our Instagram. Uh, you can send us a DM there. Yes. It's how you can get on the podcast, yes, apparently. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, it's still at Six Ad World Pod, yes, right? Forever. With all the underscores. Yep. Yeah. It'll be in the description. Yeah. Go check it out. Um, you can email us at sixadworldpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, Sad World True Crime and Horror Podcast. Just look for that fan page. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you really love us, you can support us by becoming a patron yep. on our Patreon. Exactly. Uh, and so you just go to patreon.com slash sixadworldssw and you can become a patron for just uh, for as low as $1 a month or you can do um, all of well, you can do whatever amount you yeah, want whatever really you feel comfortable doing we appreciate any sort of support that you can that you can give us oh and that reminds me we should do a shout out for our current patrons which is andrew um our our, thanks to our first patron andrew gerza from disability after dark and the when i was a disabled kid podcast um you should go check those out they're both super interesting um and i have been on no i have been on (laughs) disability after dark um so you can go listen to that episode from several months ago. <laughs> but yeah, Andrew is great. You can go listen to the episode that he joined us on, um, The Dangers of Being Disabled. Um, and yeah. Uh, and don't forget to uh, leave us a review or rating if you listen to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It really does help us um get seen by more people um it helps us get onto the related podcasts um for different podcasts so um five stars yeah and also just kind of helps to give helps us to have some sort of feedback yeah i actually really love feedback yeah not so much from my mom Mom, stop sending me feedback on how I interrupt Jasmine too much. Does she do that? Oh, no. So that's why you keep bringing it up, because honestly, I'm not normally very conscious of it. I'm like, oh, this is a conversation. Like, uh, yeah, no. Um, a few weeks in, or a few episodes into doing this, my mom, like, called me to be like, you know, you should let Jasmine talk more. <laughs> And I was like, I'm trying. I'm unedic. Ugh, I'm unmedicated ADHD. Like I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I keep being like. Anyways, back to what you were saying. I was wondering why you kept like bringing it up. You were like, oh, I just talk over you, and I'm like, but I talk over you too. Like too. I don't. I don't get where this is coming from. Well, my mom does not see it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, like fe- feedback. Feedback is gonna be wanting to kind of like what you guys think. Maybe what you might like to see more of. You can also just 
Additionally, on top of leaving a review, email us, message, etc. If there's any other podcasts you'd like us to try collaborating with, let us know. Um, And yeah, like, just just let us know you're out there. Because it gets... He is lonely on this side of the <laughs> the microphone. All right, so I think we covered it all for our cyber crime episode. Talked about a lot of stuff today. A lot we did so well considering we were both like I have two pages of notes. I have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I think it's time to sign off now. Yes, I think right. it's your turn. Yep. So, as always, don't be murder murder. Don't be a murder of <laughs> don't crows. Be a murderer, but more importantly, <laughs> don't be a murderer. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 Bye.